0: I guess when you mentioned the the technology side, the whole internet of things and the innovations that are going on there. Um, talk a little bit about that. Do you get involved in the actual sensor technologies um, or are those just really standard off the shelf type components? Mm-hmm. And then where do you innovate and spend your R&D dollars?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Um, there is, the the amount of gadgetry on the iot things is, is so massive right now and you know i it's it's very interesting the internet of things has become such a buzzword and a lot of people use it um and a lot of people talk about smart buildings and a lot of stuff but what i found was that there was such a gap of utility data aggregation so like energy data There was a lot of, there's a lot of smart TVs and there's like a lot of smart refrigerators that will tell you like a milk's bad. There's a lot of that of the IOT stuff, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't like real time minute to minute electric water and fuel data. So when we took a look at this, we took a very broad approach to integrate with every single piece of hardware from third party suppliers on smart computers or smart meters, and then take a look at what are the really sturdy technology out there that we could really partner with? And we actually you know, purchased um, some of those uh, components, but we modeled ourselves open to work with all types of hardware providers. So when you have a database right now, we've grown into about 5,200 buildings. Even since I, you know, last year, There there was an additional about 2,000 buildings. We have a marketplace where hardware providers want to work with us, and they will contact us and say, hey, we have this great piece of technology. Can you you integrate with it, and do you think it works? And my duty as a software-slash-hardware technology and development company is to take a look at that hardware and put it through a very rigorous test. And I can tell you some stuff doesn't work. You know, uh, I wish that you know there was this push for um, sonar and ultrasonic devices, so that you wouldn't have to plumb in water meters. I wish the case was that we were there. I, I really do, because it's so hard to cut, you know, TP copper and uh, do so many things with inline metering. However, uh, I can say that there's right now only one particular company I know of that, that has a shot. And I've been talking with them for two years, They're, they're you know, guys out in Palo Alto, out west, uh, developing this uh, technology, and uh, hopefully we'll be beta testing and it will work. But we put it through a litmus test, we trust sturdy technology, and then um,
0: has to be open to work with the software. Now, how, how would someone, um, an asset owner, let's say myself, if I owned five 15, 20-story buildings, and I'm real intrigued uh here. how do I get started what, what's the first and let's assume I'm submetered throughout I think you know
1: one of the things that's interesting is that people who talk about benchmarking and you know you know what benchmarking is is basically standardizing data and and recording it and developing a target for yourself. so no matter if you are you know submetered uh all over the place. And what are you testing that target against? And who are you looking at it? You know, are those meters actually connected to something? Um, Or are they connected just to a BMS? How do you know that you actually are are saving money? Well, you didn't use more than last month. But if last month's target was bad, then you're just comparing that against a bad target. So to any building owner, I would, and I know, again, maybe some people's eyes will roll, but, you know, the EPA does some great, great stuff. And I think Energy Star is a great benchmark to look at all your buildings. And it shouldn't be, I can't be Energy Star. It should be why I'm not Energy Star. Because that, you know, 30%, being better than 70% of your peers, that's a lot of money there. It's a lot of money that will help with operations and cut cost and add value to that um, asset.
0: So that first step is to really get into the world of benchmarking and knowing what you wanna go after.
1: Yeah, so, I mean.
0: So let's say I, I have my buildings there. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm, I know what I want. I want a 20 to 30% reduction in these key areas. Um, we've monitored the building for the last year, let's say, broken up monthly. Um, what a pain in the neck that was to pull all that data together. Hmm. Um, what would the next step be then? I mean, I would I would
1: say that if you have properly benchmarked the buildings, you know, you have followed, and that's another thing that I think will resonate with a lot of people in, in New York and, and ownership um, because they've they've heard these terms pretty much since 2008, really, since uh, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, started the greater greener building act that they started with benchmarking these were very smart people they started with benchmarking because they wanted to develop targets for the buildings then they did local 87 they forced everybody to do 87 so they would send engineers out looking for problems and now they're starting to ask for the results and starting to put the kind of like turning the wrench a little bit but I would say once you've got your buildings benchmarked once you've Started to aggregate all your bills. The next step is really turning the big three fuel, electric, and water into real time data and pulling that into an active system that's constantly checking it, constantly looking at okay, how is it functioning today? How is it yesterday? How's it last month? And if you notice the anomalies that will develop, then how do you attack them? You get an alert, it's a running toilet. In apartment a b get an alert, fix it. that's a sixty dollar a day leak that you don't have anymore, so that's the setup that I would i would, and that's what i what we do really we when we talk to big ownership, you're talking about three hundred buildings, and uh, we're a partner with uh, Carnegie Mellon University as well believe me they 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 suffer from the same problems big guys, small guys they all suffer mm-hmm. from it first. Let's get a handle on our bills. Let's get a handle on our benchmarking. Let's make sure we have all our accounts and we have we know where everything is. And then let's, you know, with some intelligence meter the big entry points, the electric, the water and fuel. And then let's let's wait a little bit and see how we're looking. And then let's start digging in at the parts that are the big budgetary expenses. Rather than like, you know, I'm I'm an MD. So in medicine there's called something called evidence-based medicine. It's what everything is based on. It's what your, you know, your cardiovascular medications, you know, all of this is done with evidence that's clinical based. You know, they have these big clinics, grand clinics They go for years. Well, there has to be something in the building industry that's called evidence-based resource allocation. You don't just do something to do it. You do something to save money so rather than wasting a lot of money doing uh, led upgrades well let's maybe just first start monitoring the big electric consumers and see what we can do with less dollars thrown away and a little bit more targeted allocation of it hmm. Hmm.
0: interesting you you talk about hundreds of buildings um and I'm I'm trying to even get my head around that. Uh, where Where is your biggest focus? I mean, that's some challenging stuff. Where is your biggest focus on development, and where your roadmap is taking you that you need to achieve over the next three to five years? And who else is out there, or are others there racing with you? Um, well,
1: you know, the for for us and. Um, for, for live buildings and for, for data and sustainability. and there's a lot there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot to talk about when we all, quite, you know, in the end, we' all we're all people. And we're facing specific challenges on increased cost of utilities. Um, we're facing specific challenges on, you know, the climate. And we're facing very complicated questions about, Uh, rethinking how we consume our resources. So there's a greater challenge there that uh, Live Buildings likes to interact with because I don't see Live Buildings only in the building industry. In the end, each person consumes a certain amount, each person has a carbon footprint. So our roadmap really is to um, using software and technology, work on the individual level and the homeowner and the condo owner and actually get to the you know, single person. And we believe that, you know, it may, may sound stupid, but we believe that everybody, if they use a little bit less plastic, everybody, if they use a little less uh, gas over the week, maybe it will make an impact if, it, if you spread that over to a million people. And I'll use the examples of, you know, I fish a lot. I'm from Seacliff, you know, in Long Island. I'm from Oyster Bay, that kind of area. I've been fishing since I was three years old. And I'll use the example of um, the catch limits that they, they put into effect in Long Island Sound on striped bass. If anybody out there is a fisherman, back in the, the early 90s and the mid-90s, they started putting in these significant catch Restrictions where you couldn't keep a bass if it was smaller than like 35 inches. Mm-hmm. So I used to go fishing and I used to say, "Well, you know, I catch you know 27 inch or 21 inch." Everybody, my dad, we can't keep it. He'd be like, "Nah, you can't keep it." But yeah, that guy over there is probably going to keep it. No, nah, you can't keep it. So that one fish goes back. All of a sudden, you start to make an impact. So that that philosophy kind of drives us with our plan. Uh, not just in the building industry, but in kind of the consumer and the customer industry that I believe is starting to really pick up now. Um, on the competitor side, very interesting question. There's, there's people that do certain things that like benchmark or they'll look at your bills or they'll, you know, they'll submeter your water. I mean, guys have been looking at water meters for, <laughs> for a long, long time. Or you know they'll consult with you about your your utility bills like the the DEP, um, but I don't see anyone really who does the full picture, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that faces the industry for building on- owners is that there's no holistic approach. So you'll get a guy who will do the DEP analysis for you, and then he'll say, well. Um, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the DEP is like the, the water company in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, you should do a metered rate, means you pay per gallon. Or he'll say, you should do a flat rate, where you pay a flat rate per month. And then they'll take a percent. Um, but they won't give you any visualization to the water consumption. And also, building owners, you lose your ability to independently verify your bills and consult with your utility company. So in my opinion... A lot of the, you know, competition, quote unquote, is fragmented and is not very good for building owners. Our goal is uh, one thing with building owners and, and management and universities and everybody, you should have full control of your utility counts, whether it's a guy in the office or somebody. You should have full control and knowledge of what is happening in your asset. They're, they're very
0: expensive things. They need to be treated as such, no matter where they are. And to you, that's the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And then moving to the next is to those individuals and giving them the visibility of the real-time data.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, it's,
0: it's All amazing. All to an app on your, um, your watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see. I have some very talented people um, uh, on the development and, and the R&D side that, that work with me and, and work for me Um, and you know, this is, there's a lot of thought that, you know, apps are easy to make and, um, you know, there's, you just buy a server and start, you know, cutting some code. Uh, That's, that's nonsense. When you really create development and architectural software, actually that Facebook app or that, um, that Instagram app that we all like or use It is extremely complicated, the logic behind all that, that supports 50,000, 100,000, 1 million users at a time. So that's the stage we're in right now, is we're actually developing the architecture for 500,000, 1 million people
0: um, on the site. So you have a nice long roadmap to the billions and billions across the planet. Yeah. And that's a great vision.
1: Yeah. I mean, interesting. It's, very, it's very interesting. It's, um, you know, the, the building industry, we all live in buildings, and it's amazing how it's kind of dovetailed with the energy question, the climate question. It really goes hand in hand, in hand with people. Yeah.
0: Interesting stuff. I'm really glad you were able to spend the time with us at Talisman Talk. Um, I really look forward to catching up again in the near future to see the milestones you've achieved. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you.